Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd need Scott joining you on Oilers Now. Back in the saddle for at least the next 48 weeks. Let's get after it. Special thanks to Brendan for filling in over the course of the last three weeks after a 100-week in 101-week overall run hosting the show. So, Brendan, thank you very much for allowing me to... uh, rest uh, my vocal cords and re-engage. Uh, I was spending some time with my family. It was great. And uh, how did it go for you over the course of the last three weeks? You know what? Uh, we had a lot of fun. I owe a lot of credit to Cody Jansen and his help putting the show together and keeping things afloat on air. And how about Cam Moon joining the show a few different times around to offer his insight and, and have a few laughs with me. So overall, I thought we got to touch on a few different things and uh, what was a pretty dry news cycle, but uh, we made it work. We had some laughs. All right. Well, that's good here. I know you had some stuff early with the Oilers as they sort of closed out some of their uh, signings like Brendan Perlini and players like that. Uh, It is a quiet time for about another week with the exception of the Carolina Hurricanes making some noise uh, on Saturday. We will get to that in a second. Uh, This is the week I'll I'll tell you up front for the listeners out there that the majority of the players are making their way into Edmonton as well as uh, the coaches and, and the management team generally uh, try to get through Labor Day weekend and everybody's back in town uh, by the time uh, we get going for next uh, Monday, Tuesday. Oilers rookie camp will start in around the 15th of September. The training camp expected to start on the 22nd. Uh, strong possibility that we will have rookie games coming up between the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Uh, TBA, but possibly the 17th and the 19th. Um, 
though I don't think we're going to end up seeing those games in Edmonton. So more on that coming up. Oilers Now, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. We'll get to our uh, top story momentarily talk a little about the semantics of offer sheets uh one pretty significant one with a little bit of a caveat as to something that always gets missed when we talk about the last offer sheet that was not matched and we'll hit on that in a second monday's nhl insider john shannon joins us uh, he will come down the pipe at twelve thirty-five today for legacy heating and cooling This week, uh, we'll be talking to different coaches at different levels. Uh, Sort of about, I guess, a bit about the journey that a coach takes, but also sort of the art and the science. And many would say it's the science and then the learned art. And uh, today's guest will be Bakersfield Condors head coach Jay Woodcroft at 105. And then to get his own unique and surely understated perspective on the Carolina Hurricanes offer sheet of Jesperi Kakaniemi, the one and only former uh, Edmonton Oiler, Edmonton sporting icon, one-time heavyweight champ of the National Hockey League, Montreal-based media personality, Georges Larocque. So let's get to it. Here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us at any time on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. Live entertainment is back with Honeymoon Suite and the Headpins taking the stage. Uh, that will take place Friday night. Meanwhile, April Wine rocks the house at the River Cree on September the 18th in Hotel California. The Eagles tribute band will play Friday, October 29th. All uh, information and details available at rivercreeresort.com. Of course, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street and 111th Avenue or at ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. And we are going to get to a quick theme and something that you can participate on, and it's pretty simple. It has to do with what happened on Saturday. The Carolina Hurricanes making an offer sheet at $6.1 million, just under the threshold that would have required... Uh, a first, second, and a third. Instead, it's a first and a third for Jess Barry Cockney. Of course, it was the Hurricanes organization that saw the Montreal Canadiens try to sign their best player, Sebastian Ajo. Uh, a couple summers ago, Ajo represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson and all hell broke loose uh, with Carolina. They have subsequently responded. And that is our top story for legacy heating and cooling. Get your AC today with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. So here we go. And we're going to get right to it. Uh, the... Uh, Montreal Canadiens back on July 1st, 2019, and I knew this one was coming, uh, put out, uh, I was actually at an event with the Sports Corporation the night before uh, in Edmonton with several of their young uh, prospect players. Uh, we had Colton Pareko down there uh, that night. It was right after the St. Louis Blues had won the Stanley Cup. The Montreal Canadiens put out a tweet on July 1st, 2019. Sebastian Ajo accepted our offer. He wants to come to Montreal. He sees our youngsters coming up in the organization. He wants to be a part of it. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period. That came from Mark Bergevin. Well, meanwhile, on uh, Saturday, 
Carolina Hurricanes general manager Don uh, Waddell uh, said, Jess Barry Kotkaniemi has accepted our offer. He wants to come to Carolina. He sees the core we've built here, and he wants to be a part of that. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period. So the Hurricanes, many would say, trolling the Montreal Canadiens and targeting Jess Barry Kotkaniemi. Here's the thing for me, and Brendan, I'm going to get you to chime in on this as well, and I'd like to know what the listeners think. Wait a sec here. There's a big difference between Sebastian Ajo, who is unequivocally a first-line NHL center, and Jess Barry Kotkaniemi, who at this stage I think we'd say is probably a third-line center based on productivity. $6 million on a one-year deal. If I'm Montreal, I take the picks. I let Carolina have Kotkaniemi. Brendan, what do you do? I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, it, if it was going to happen for him in Montreal, who, by the way, doesn't necessarily have a history of developing their own offensive talent, uh, I think it would have. So let him go be with his Finnish buddies down there and, and take your draft capital and move on. Uh, was it, uh, in your opinion, do you think that it was a little... I kind of thought it was a little childish what Carolina did. And there, there's, there's another part of this which should... And not everybody feels this way that would listen to a show called Oilers Now, and they might say, well, Stauffer, you're saying this from an Oilers-centric position. But since the 0405 lockout, there are certain Canadian... When we got into the lockout, it was the battle for Albert. It was the battle for teams like Edmonton and Calgary so they could be competitive if we had a hard cap system. Well, we didn't have hockey for a year, and guess what we found out coming out of that? Hockey made a hell of a lot more in Canada than it did in the United States. The Carolina Hurricanes are an organization, I would I would suggest you, have had several years in which they've received significant revenue-sharing contributions from other NHL teams, including Canadian markets. Most years, maybe all but one or two, Edmonton has been a contributor since the start of uh, the hard cap system in 0506, coming out of 0405 lockout. Montreal has been a massive contributor. They have a huge television package. They got a big. They got the biggest building in the National Hockey League. And and where I'm going with this is there was a time where during the days of the Canadian Assistant Program, 2000 circa 2004, Cal Nichols and the Edmonton Investors Group and Oilers GM Kevin Lowe knew damn well that it would be frowned upon if they had targeted and tried to poach younger players off other organizations. Uh, of course, we didn't have a cap system back then, but it was a different time. That would have been completely frowned upon. Even if the even if the orders 2000 to 2004 would have been contributing or going after uh, the best free agents, that wasn't happening either. And there were some hawks in the ownership groups with some of the American teams that let it be known, well, if we have to bail out you three Canadian guys, Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa, come on. Obviously, you're not. So here we've got a little bit different situation where, you know, Montreal, in my opinion, targeted a legitimate guy. Sebastian Ajo, we all knew, is a first-line center, and there needed to be a price point on him, and he's in the, you know, he's a seven-and-a-half to eight-and-a-half million-dollar player. Kakanami, this one's a little bit, to me, it was a little bit of a sketchy move, but maybe, maybe I just don't get the Carolina approach, having fun at Twitter, poking fun at other people. I don't know. But to me, if I'm uh, Mark Bergevin, I'm taking the picks. I'll take the first and the third. Let's not forget the 2022 NHL draft is uh, in Montreal. How'd you like to have Carolina's pick? One more thing just on Carolina. Brendan, I'm going to shoot this back your way. 
Should they not have made more of a concerted effort to re-sign Dougie Hamilton? It's a very different looking defense without Dougie Hamilton back there, and I'm not sure that Ethan Bear is quite the adequate replacement. So if you if you ended up with that kind of cap space, uh, yeah, you probably could have made an effort to keep that guy. I in mean, town. they got they sign Anthony D'Angelo, and I know there's a lot of people that want to vilify anybody that has, and Anthony's said some things that he'd obviously regret. Uh, he was pretty staunch in his political views, and then these days, those sort of political views uh, get absolutely crushed uh, on Twitter and social media, and so even that signing, there's a lot of people think, well, it's, you know, why would they even bring a guy like that in, destroy their culture? I don't ever really think Carolina's been an organization that's been that worried about it. They, they march to their own drummer, but I do think, I, I'm just not, you know what, the way they did the offer sheet, the way they put the tweet out, to me, it was kind of like they were they're sticking their tongue back at the Montreal Canadiens organization. And in my mind, Ajo was a more legitimate guy to target than Kotkaniemi at this stage. Now, the last successful uh, offer sheet, or the last offer sheet that was not matched by an NHL organization, and make no mistake, regardless of what you think of Dustin Penner today, the reality is Dustin Penner was a successful offer sheet for the Edmonton Oilers. Anaheim didn't match. There's a backstory that conveniently, and I just did two events at the start of August uh, with Kevin Lowe and Brian Burke. There, there is part of the narrative that's often overlooked and people maybe need to remember. And this is not revisionist history. I wrote it in the Edmonton Sun in the summer of 2007. The real reason the Edmonton Oilers were in position to pluck Dustin Penner out of the Anaheim Ducks after Penner had been a part of their Stanley Cup championship team in 06-07 is because Brian Burke signed Todd Bertuzzi to a two-year deal of $4 bucks. People forget that. That was basically money that could have gone to sign Dustin Penner. And instead, Berkey brought in a guy that he liked in Todd Bertuzzi. What people forget is Todd Bertuzzi was bought out within a year. So all of the hubbubaloo that subsequently surrounded the Penner RFA offer sheet from the Edmonton Oilers organization, which led uh, to Kevin Lowe's infamous interview on a show called Total Sports in the city's uh, West End at that time, uh, and the battle those two had, and they've since made up, and that's an awesome thing, but people often overlook the fact that had the Anaheim Ducks not signed Todd Bertuzzi, they just focused on signing Penner, who had been there, he, they would have had, they would have never lost him to the Oilers. And for Oilers fans who are maybe of the belief that Penner was a bad signing, what do you talk? He scored 93 goals in four seasons, and Edmonton got a first-round draft choice that turned out to be Oscar Kleffbaum, as well as Colton Tubert, who never panned out. But they also got the first rounder, which turned out to be Kleffbaum, and Penner would go on to win a second Stanley Cup with the LA Kings after winning in Anaheim. So it's always interesting with these sort of situations. Very quiet. On the Oilers' front, a little bit of discussion on a possible right-shot depth defenseman. Uh, there's not a lot of guys out there right now. And when we're talking a right-shot guy, you're probably going to have to give him a... It's, it's not a guy for the NHL team. It's a veteran call-up guy. But those guys these days tend to garner significant money. At least a two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollar a year guarantee if they're going to play in the minors for your team. One name that kind of might make sense is a guy like Michael Stone, but the Calgary Flames have circled back to him a couple times, and I wonder if they do that again. 
Again, not a lot of names out there currently with pending right shot uh, defensemen. It should be mentioned, Jordy Ben, the orders were in on him uh, just before, uh, you know, Slater Cuckoo ended up taking the deal. He was represented by Rich Winter. That deal got done. And then CAA, who had Jordy Ben, ended up getting him a job with the Minnesota Wild as well. 1222 at Edmonton. You can text us at any time, 780-496-0063. Blaine says, Bob, uh, if Carolina gets Jesperi Kakaniemi, what would he have to do? He's texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. What would he have to be qualified at? Well, the the, the interesting thing is there could, in theory, be a long-term deal that could be consummated um, between Carolina and Kakaniemi that could even be in the low fives, as an example. Okay? They could do something like that. In terms of the qualifier, uh, they because Kakaniemi would be making over the league minimum, or sorry, over the league average, the Hurricanes could, in arbitration, get 10% less on that $6.1 million, which would knock them down to about $5.5 million, if my math is correct. When we come back in orders now at 1223 in Edmonton, we'll get to NHL today for elite promotion marketing. We're going to get to a clip from Jim Jackson, the longtime play-by-play voice of the Philadelphia Flyers, about Edmonton area product uh, Carter Hart, an excellent young goaltender. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Uh, all right, quickly, in the Ashley Fine Flores text line at 1225 from the Chiseler out of Las Vegas. He says, welcome back, Bob. Uh, not sure if I'm supposed to be saying this. Rumor has it uh, that the all-time decorated Northern BC tree planting champion of champions, you made a uh, surprising appearance to camps in Northern BC. Can you confirm or deny? Uh, I can deny. Uh, I'm not in condition to be doing that anymore. Brad texts us and says, Bob, Carolina finished third in the league last year. It'll be a really late first rounder, closer to a second rounder. So second and third for Kakanami is a steal. If Holland could have landed Kakanami for the 30th and 31st overall and a a third for him as the Oilers' third line center, then they'd be all over that. And 6.1 per year, they can re-sign him next year for closer to five on a longer-term deal. The Canes know what they're doing. That one comes to us from Brad. Well, we'll see. Uh, Brenton Drayton Valley says, Bob, welcome back. Great job by Brendan for the last three weeks uh, while you were gone. Well, it's good to hear. Another texter comes in saying, Bob, uh, it was 100% a Bush League move by the Canes. Pretty childish, in my opinion, as well. Welcome back. Brendan did a great job whilst you were gone. Well, there you go. Whilst you were gone. You can text us at any time on 780-496-0063. Bob, you're making more out of it than needs to be. Everyone looks for a deal and hopefully we'll get a jump on the others. More sensational reporting from you media types. Wow. Like Eastern reporters in Toronto saying McDavid wants out of Edmonton. I, I just, to me, the Ajo one is way more legitimate. Way more established of a player. You know exactly what he is. This one's... Uh, this guy, it's got a wrong feel to me. All right, into the where we're we gonna go here. Oh, let's get to the Oilers Now Audio Vault brought to you by Direct Workwear, where safety meets savings in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Friday, Brendan had Jim Jackson on from NBC Sports in Philly. He had this to say on Kata Hot. 
hasn't always been bad goaltending. <laughs> it just hasn't. Uh, but they are looking for that one guy to grab the reins and be here for five, six, seven, eight years. And Carter Hart, as young as he is and with the great pedigree that he has, looks like the, the perfect fit and hopefully can, can uh, put an end to that. But as soon as he started struggling last year, it was all about, oh, here we go. It's goaltending in Philadelphia again. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just there hasn't been that one guy. But if you look around the league, there really aren't that many great long runs by the same goalie in the same town. I mean, it's not its not something that happens all the time. So I think it's a little bit overblown. Sure, they pay a lot of attention to it here in Philadelphia. But I know they pay a lot of attention to it in Edmonton. I've been hearing about it for the last three or four years. Oh, yeah. And I know they do <laughs> yep. in other cities as well. It, it, it's, a, it's a very important position. All right, that's Jim Jackson, NBC Sports in Philly, talking about Carter Hart. On to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing Company, branded apparel, products, and awards, all created in-house. Shop local at ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, Ottawa re-signed backup netminder Philip Gustafson to a two-year, two-way deal. It's worth $725,000 in year one, $825,000 in year two. He is the team's second-round pick from 2016. Jordy Ben, you mentioned, found a home in Minnesota, signing one year, $900,000 there. Olympic qualifiers are now complete. We know that Canada will compete in Group A against the United States, Germany, and China. So now imagine what that round-robin action would look like if any NHLers are, are present. McDavid and Dreisaitl going head-to-head. Canada, USA, that'd be awesome. And after getting past Germany on Saturday, Team Canada faces Switzerland in semi-final action at the Women's World Hockey Championship down in Calgary today. It's a 5 p.m. puck drop. A berth in the gold medal game, of course, is on the line. All right. Well, speaking of getting past Germany, Canada has uh, never lost to Germany in women's hockey. They've outscored them 78 to nothing. They still have some work to do growing that sport. Uh, big uh, victory. I was down in Calgary when Canada beat uh, the Americans. Uh, what was it? 5-0? Five, 5-1 five five the other night? That was the uh, first time the Americans had lost sort of in this world championship sort of model in a long, long time. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back on Oilers Now, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.